Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Today on The Wrap Report, we're going to have a special for you. I was recently on a podcast called Clergy Talk. Uh, We were talking about the subject of slavery, slavery in the Bible, a big topic that people like to criticize the Bible for. We're going to cover that along with a ton of other topics coming your way right now on The Wrap Report. One, two, three. Welcome to The Rap Report with your host, Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretation and application. This is a ministry of striving for eternity and the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. With that being said, I'm going to let my guest take off and just fill us in on what the Bible says about servitude. And go ahead, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I always enjoy watching you when, when on Thursday nights on Apologetics Live. I always see your comments coming through. You always have some good comments to add when we're doing the live show. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, where a lot of people do get the idea of slavery wrong in the Bible. When people hear the word slavery, and those who are listening, think about it. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? You think of the African slave trade. You, right. You think of what we call slavery, and what we we make a mistake. You know, I think last time I was on your show, we talked about some hermeneutics, how to interpret the Bible, and yep. that's what we have to apply here. What we end up seeing here is that when we look at hermeneutics, we see the fact that what you want to do is understand what things mean at the time they're written. What we are making a mistake of doing is reading into the Bible a different view of slavery than the slavery that's mentioned in the Bible. Let me give some specifics. We think of the slavery that was uh, the atrocities here in the United States where people were kidnapped, they were sold, and then they were considered property. Okay. By the way, as a side note, if anyone is against the idea of slavery because it's a because you're the claim that it's a property issue. This is my property, so I have the right to do, you know, what I want. They have to then consider this. 
what's the difference between saying this is my property or saying this is my body? You see, for those who argue for abortion, they're arguing for an ownership issue. They're saying that they own the right to another person. Just a side note. So people don't often think about that. But the idea of slavery that people think of is the kidnapping, which Scripture speaks against. The scripture is quite clear that we should not, there should not be the kidnapping of other people. So, right off the bat, you know that there is a case to be made against the kidnapping. So, but there's another thing to think about, and that is you have the ownership issue. Does the Bible teach ownership of another human being? Well, actually, it doesn't. What we see when in scripture, when it comes to someone who's cattle, walks away, and someone else has gets that cattle, finds the cattle, they are they don't have to return the cattle because it's the, mm. the owner's responsibility to keep an eye on that. And it's his property, but if his property, if he lets his property go walking off onto someone else's property and that person then takes it, they now own it. However, Scripture is also quite clear that if your slave runs away, you do not return. So I, I think I said that with the cattle wrong. With the cattle, you're supposed to return it. Right, with right. The, with, but with the with a human being that's a slave who runs away from his master, and someone else has, he's now with someone else, that someone is not to return him. Why? Because he's not property. The, the master doesn't own him. The right. other thing that people think about when we think of slavery is the, the fact that they don't get paid. They're just, they're forced labor. Well... In Scripture, when it comes to slavery, they are to be paid a half day's wage. So they're actually working. One of the things that people often don't realize is that this was more akin to our employer-employee relationship. It was a means of providing work for those who could not run their own business. So they, they it, people who would get into financial trouble, they would sell themselves as a slave, or if they owed debt, they would become a slave to the debtor to pay off that debt. So they got paid half a day's wage, the other half went to paying off the debt. There were also laws in Israel that in the Jubilee year, you're set free. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. And, and so it's, it wasn't this lifelong servitude. However, there is a clause for that. If someone wanted to remain in service, and, and there were cases where someone might want to do that, where you have people that they realize they're not going to be able to make money on their own or, or maintain it, and they're going to, they know they're going to run into trouble again, and they're working for someone who's good, they may want to remain as a slave in that sense. Right, right. And most of the laws that we think of when you look at the scriptures, most of the laws are to protect not the master, but the slave. There, there, there are rules of how the master is supposed to treat the slave. Right. That's again opposite to the way people think of slavery. They think the master has the right to do whatever he wants with the slave, but the laws are there restricting the master and what he could do. It was, it was in the biblical view of slavery. It is the idea of a responsibility that a master has for his slave to care for him. And that's the missing element when people talk of slavery with, in relation to the Bible. Granted, slavery around the world today is not that way. No. Nope. In fact, many of the people that want to talk against slavery don't want to talk about the two most common forms of slavery in America today, human trafficking and abortion. Yeah, yeah exactly. As I said, abortion is a, a ownership issue. 
I own this body inside of my body. This other human being, I own. Right, and therefore, exactly. It's my body. I can do whatever I want with him. I have ownership rights over another. That's the case, and a man's not allowed to make a comment on that one. (laughs) Well, here's here's the not get thrown under the bus by uh, today's movement. (laughs) Well, here's the problem with that argument. When a when someone says that as a man, I don't have the right to speak about abortion. I usually ask the question: Was abortion legalized? And they'll say yes. By who? Oh yeah, all men. Nine men. Not right. a single woman. So, therefore, if men are not allowed to speak on this issue, we should immediately make it illegal until enough women, which, by the way, the, when they do the polls, the majority of women are always against abortion. <laughs> so, mm. we, we should just say, that's it. It's illegal until enough women vote for it, which right. means... They don't put that one out there. <laughs> no, no. You know, and they don't want to talk about human trafficking, which, which you know, they'll say, well, it's illegal in this country. It is, but there's... You think about what gets higher attention. People that are still today rebelling against the African slave trade or human trafficking. Mm, human trafficking doesn't get that much attention because uh, I know it's a big problem in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, been, uh, I've talked to a few people who are actually advocates against it. And they said, if you're up here in Georgia, keep your kids next to you close because they'll get snatched in a minute and you'll ne- probably never see them again. Well, the, the thing that you have to realize what you th- and think about, have you ever seen protesting, rioting, looting for, to, to make a statement against human trafficking? Because we've, no. we've had seven months of that. And what was the underlying <laughs> argument about the slavery? But they don't talk about the slavery going on today. Right, 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 right. Now, that doesn't justify what the slavery that happened. The Bible speaks directly against the African slave trade. So there's, there's no way you can make a case that the Bible would support the African slave trade. Kidnapping is, is wrong in the scriptures. Ownership of another human being is wrong in the scriptures. You know, the idea of indentured servitude is, is condemned in the scriptures. This is, this is exactly opposite to the, the African slave trade. But the same people that want to make an issue of the African slave trade that ended Years ago, many years, there's not a single person alive that has been kidnapped under the African slave trade or was a slave under it. Right, know. right, right. But yet they're, they're protesting about that, and there's nothing being said about the thousands and thousands of young boys and girls that are, and not even all of them young, kidnapped, forced into work or sex slavery and nothing they, you don't see them sent marching on that so are they really against slavery makes you wonder yeah when you when you look at the big picture and i i did a couple of lectures on this topic myself and what i always told people was when you look at at it back then you had three elements you had christians that stood against it Christians that did nothing and christians that said well you know uh, it's legal so let's keep it going so, and you want to challenge those individuals that said it was legal and ask them, well, where are they getting their information from? Are they, are they basing that on scripture or they're basing that on a current need? Well, they, some will argue they were basing it on the Bible. Now, that, that may be true because here's something that maybe some of the listeners don't know. But there is a Bible called the Slave's Bible or the Slaver's Bible. Yep. They had a Bible that slave owners in the South would have for their slaves, those slaves that could read, and it was missing whole sections 
of yeah, the Bible. I looked at that. <laughs> like the part that says in Exodus that you can't kidnap another human being? Yeah, somehow yeah, that that's gone. removed. Why right, would that be that removed? Yeah. And so they, they, they would argue that, yeah, they, they used the Bible, but they didn't use the whole counsel of God, right? right. They right. had to rip out parts of the Bible to justify their position. The fact that they did that is the proof that the Bible doesn't support slavery. Exactly, exactly. That's like giving somebody half the Constitution. Well, where's the other half? <laughs> well, that's kind of what we do now, right? They, yeah, they, they, they want to say that we have the freedom of press, but no longer the freedom of religion and and speech, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the with the Equality Act popping around now, this is getting real scary out there now. Oh, yes, things are going to change. <laughs> yeah, and when you think about it, Abraham actually volunteered to go into servitude to get his wife. Yeah, the, there's many cases where you had people that would put themselves into slavery. And the, the, the thing is, is that we have to rethink what we think of with slavery. Right. That's the whole thing. We, we cannot apply a 21st century thinking of slavery and apply that to the first century. Now, granted, the, the first century slavery of Rome would be different than the first century slavery in, in Judaism, yeah. you know, or, in, or actually, actually older than that in, in Israel. When you look at the Israeli slavery, where there, we have the, the rules— we see that there's the rules for slavery were different than that of the Roman system. However, even when Paul is writing to Philemon, it's a very interesting letter to look at because he's writing to Philemon because here's Philemon who had a slave that ran away. Mm-hmm. Paul comes in contact with him. Paul leads him to Christ, realizes he's a runaway. And it even seems, as you read the book, to, because Paul says, if he owes anything, put it on my account. And right, right. In other words, it seems that the slave may even have stolen from Philemon before he left. Right. So he's saying, hey, if he, if he, if he owes you any money, put it on my account. But what is it Paul encourages, Phile- the, the, uh, I think it's a Ness, I'm looking up the name. I'm going to look up the name because I always forget it. But I think it's, I, I keep pronouncing it wrong, is the problem. And, uh, anyway, but when, when, you look at, when you look at Philemon's slave, he, he ends up arguing for the fact that you go back to Philemon. Even though in Rome, that could be a death sentence. Right, exactly. But what is it Paul appeals to? Paul doesn't say, hey, you don't have a right under the, the current system, the current Roman system. He, he acknowledges that under the current Roman system, he has the right to punish the slave. Because in that system, it would be a, a, an ownership type of system where you own another exactly. human being. It wouldn't be a biblical model. But Paul is saying, hey, go back to him, but let me write this letter and telling him, hey, Philemon, you remember what you owe me. You, you, you are indebted to me, and I'm indebted to him. I'm sending him back to you, and I want you to think about the indebt that you owe to me and he, what he owes you, and like basically, you know, clear the deck. And it, it seems seems from history that he did go back. And in fact, there's records that we believe that this slave ended up becoming a leader in the church, which would be a very oh. interesting situation. Can you picture being in the church where here, you know, here's a member of the church who's your master at home, but you're the pastor. <laughs> Right, right, right. right. At church, at church, he's in charge. I never knew that part. Yeah. So, you know, but, but Paul doesn't tell him, you know, run away, which is an interesting thing. 
you know, he actually in- encourages Onesimus to go back to Philemon and and with a letter saying he's he's been valuable to me. He's right, me. right. You know, well, a lot of people take that uh, chunk of scripture. They they grab one verse. And go see the Bible supports slavery without reading the whole entire passage and taking a look at the exchange of what's actually being said there. Yeah, because he's not Paul's not saying slavery is right. He's not saying slavery right. is wrong. What he, what he's saying is that here this person wronged his master. It seems he stole from him. He's depriving the the person from the work, and the, he he had done wrong to the person. But what Paul is arguing for is restitution. Exactly. Reconciliation. That's what he's arguing for. The restitution that you end up seeing is he's saying, hey, he owes you something, you apply that to me. Put that on my account. That's paid now, you see? So, but now, and also note that Paul's offering that. It's not anyone forcing that upon him. Right, right, right. (laughs) He's just doing what a Christian should do in that situation. When we look at it from a Christian perspective, and we look at it from a Christian moral view, we see... Is a whole different perspective versus a secular worldview because a secular worldview is going to get twisted no matter how much information you give them. Correct. You are correct. So, so when we actually look at it, of course, when we look at the Roman slavery, Romans, they would enslave anybody. Doctors, lawyers, it don't matter. They had everybody under that system. Um, the difference between being a doctor, if, you, if they conquered a country, and you have to be a doctor. You were now enslaved under the Roman system to use those skills to better, you know, to better the lifestyle and life of, of Rome versus being someone who maybe just be a plain old guy walking around in the country and got captured. It may not end too well for you then. Well, the Roman slavery, uh, people, some people don't even know we, when we read the scriptures, we don't think through this as much, but Roman citizenship was hard to obtain. Yes, uh, one of the ways to obtain Roman citizenship, obviously, if you're born a citizen, in other words, your, your parents were citizens, you could purchase it, but that would take a lot of money. And, and so oh, yeah. the wealthy would have citizenship and then their children. The other thing that would get it is if you were to enter into the military and you served out your time in the military, which, which would usually be, a, 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 like I think it was 20 or 30 years, you, you get to be a general and you retire. And then you retired with citizenship. It's actually one of the interesting things that when preaching through the book of Philippians. Philippians is, a, is a very interesting area. Rome is the one place where if you were, if you were born in Rome, you, you were a citizen, uh, unless you were born, a, you know, if you were born of a slave family. But Roman citizenship was from Rome. Okay. Philippi is the only other area that had that Roman citizenship status. Hmm. And the reason being is Philippi was an area where many of these generals that would retire, they were they were not only given citizenship but given land, and many of them would take the land in Philippi. So Philippi became an area where basically you had a whole bunch of retired generals. Right. They right. all had wow. citizenship and they had the rank. And so Philippi actually became a city where it had the, the status of the Roman citizenship. And that's why if you ever go through the book of Philippians, especially if you look at it in the Greek, there's a lot of military language used there. Well, why would that be? Because okay. he's writing to military people. All right. <laughs> you know, they understand the, the concepts of it. I know Paul was a Roman citizen. Yep. And when he made that statement that he's a Roman citizen, everybody got scared. They didn't go, oh. <laughs> well, they got scared because there's limitations what 
the government could do with a Roman citizen. You couldn't you couldn't bind him as they did, you know, without charge. But to right. anyone that's not a citizen, they could do that. They could just imprison them without any question. And and that's why when he was thrown in prison and and bound, and he says, you know, you're, you're going to just let me go, a Roman citizen. You bound me and publicly, and and now you're going to let me go privately. Oh no, you're going to escort me out publicly. You know, exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. and they got nervous. And 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 if you remember, you know, the response was, well, you know, I bought this citizenship at a great price, and Paul says, I was born with it, right? Okay. So it was okay. the the, yep. the soldiers saying, I I had to save up a lot of money and and. Probably do other things to, to get the money to be able to buy that citizenship. Exactly, Paul yeah, saying yeah. he didn't need to, you know, and it actually worked in his behalf since they had made an oath to kill Paul. And he says, "I tell you what, I'm going to use my Roman citizenship to keep me from getting killed this day, anyway." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he didn't he didn't mind. He 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 knew he knew the power of the citizenship and was willing to use it when when needed. Right. Well, even even Roman the Roman servitude was still completely different from the servitude that took place in the 18th century, 17th century, and so on and so forth. So you still see a different form of of slavery in the ancient world versus modern era, postmodern era, you know, pre-modern era. Well, when we say ancient world, I mean, let's clarify the the ancient world i would say that we we'd see the differences with israel right I, israel had different laws for slavery than than other nations definitely different than the canaanites and the uh babylonian and uh, uh assyrians correct assyrians definitely had some different issues altogether that's a that's a topic for another show right <laughs> the assyrian empire and and when you read about the assyrians historically you understand why Jonah didn't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, even with that, I mean, this is a little off topic, but, you know, most people don't understand. They, they read they read about the Ninevites and they go, well, you know, these people are wicked. I mean, they, they used to take their enemies and put them in plaster Paris to keep them as, as you know, like decorations for their yeah. parties. And they do it with, you know, force their mouth to be open and then pour hot liquids down their throat. Wicked stuff. I mean, right, just right. think of that. And people go, see, this is why Jonah didn't want to go there. But no, Jonah chapter 4, he tells us why he didn't want to go there. He didn't want them to have for, uh, for mercy. He didn't want God to show mercy to him. He says, I knew right, if I came right, here, right. you were going to show mercy. I mean, it tells you the hatred that Jonah had for, the, for another. I mean, God's telling him to go there. Because he was going to show mercy, and he goes, "I knew you were going to show mercy. You didn't want that." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. That's some serious right. hatred. Say that he wanted God to write that place off the map. Well, what did, and what did he do? He, oh, let me go to a high hill, and I'll, I'll sit up there so I can watch it happen. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets upset over a plant, you know. Right, right, but, right. But yeah, I mean. So, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say, so when we, we talk the, about slavery, the, the key thing that we have to do when we're reading the scripture is we have to put the concept that Israel had of slavery and not apply the, the Assyrian slavery, the Roman slavery, the African slave trade, none of that. Right, right. We have to understand it in the culture that Israel had for it. Yeah, yeah, because that was for them. That was for the most, like I say, the Mosaic law for was for the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes, and that's who they gave it to. And and when we go into the New Testament, we see a new covenant. And, of course, you see a lot of the New Testament 
is referring back to the Mosaic law saying, okay, y'all had that, but it didn't work for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we got something better now, you know, you know, salvation by grace. And then it goes into uh, what the new covenant is all about. So when we say, whenever we talk about the Mosaic law, I tell people all the time, who did the Mosaic law give it to? Was given to, was given to the children of Israel. You know, on Mount Sinai. And it, it was never meant for the Gentiles anyway. And when you look at the argument that take place, well, should we circumcise the Gentiles? Well, no, that was for, you know, that was for Israel. That wasn't for the Gentiles. So the new the new circumcision is circumcision of the heart and not of the flesh. So that's all falls under the Mosaic law as well. Or, the you know, the law that took place with Abraham when a circumcision was first introduced. Mm-hmm. So... And that's one thing we got to think about whenever we start talking about, well, whatever some people talk about, well, slavery's in the Bible, so the Bible supports slavery. Well, no, uh, no, it doesn't really support European or Arabic slavery, or, or Arabic slavery. It supports the servitude that was regulated under Mosaic law the, for the Israel, Israelites. Yeah, the closest thing that we have to the slavery that we would see in the Bible in the Old Testament would be if you look at Japan back in the 1980s. In in Japan in the 1980s, the empire would, you know, the Japanese empire would own, they'd have the companies. The company had a responsibility for the people that work there. They owned your house. They, they, they would provide the house, so they own it. They provide your car, they own it. They provide your clothing. They're, you know, when you go buy clothes, it's the company that that paid for it. They provided the education. They provided everything. And the idea is the better the company does, the better you do. So you're going to work harder for the company. But mm. everything, you didn't just pick up and go to another company. Picking up and going to another company meant, you know, you're returning all your clothes, your car, your house, everything you own. You return all that and go to the new company, right? That's not going to happen very easily. Right, right. That's right. the idea of the slavery that was there. That it was a working relationship where the the masters had the responsibility to provide for all the needs of the slave, and the slave would work and take care of what, what was being asked to do. Okay. That's the closest that we could come in, in, in our generation. Mm. I know I once read an article that said Japanese corporations had an outstanding daycare system for people with children. Well, because again, company right, company's responsibility to take care of everything. So, and and that's why you see in Japan, it is a the whole concept of you know their education. Their it, the families make education very important because the who are you going to go work for after you get done with your school? You're going to go work for the company that your right, dad worked right. for. You know, and, you know it would it would be that sort of thing, and there there that was a way that they did things for quite a while. And that is the closest I think we could come to. So we, if you want to look at the what Old Testament slavery was like, you look at Japan in the 80s, and that would mm. be the closest I think that we could come to. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we, we have a slavery that would not be what, like the Old Testament slavery. But you don't see Paul or anyone saying to rebel against the slavery. They right, say if right, you're right, if you're right. a slave, be the best slave you could be. Right, G- right, give right. your your master no reason for to question your you know what you do. That's that that's a stark difference uh, to to what we see with Christians today, where they want to rise up against their government if the government isn't what they want. Right, 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 right. You know, right. Yeah, you know, there's there's a line we have to realize that the government's going to do what the government's going to do, but we're, we we answer to a higher authority. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, well, my my answer to that is this, is the simple fact that the world hated Jesus. The world's going to hate you. So who you putting your trust in? You're putting your trust in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of men. And how many times has the kingdom of men let you down? Probably quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I've been let down just a few times. Just just <laughs> a few exactly. hundred thousand. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, uh, the culture in the New Testament that was a different culture anyway. It wasn't the same culture Correct. as the 18th century, 17th century. Different culture altogether. When, um, like I say, the Roman the Romans they had servants from everywhere, whoever they conquered. Got got brought into the system, you know, and um, that's just the way it was. Cause they were a superpower. So when you're a superpower and conquering everybody, you can have as many slaves from many areas as you want to have. Yeah, yeah, and but you know, you mentioned something earlier that's worth highlighting as well. That one of the things that we have to do when interpreting scripture is the fact that we have to, like I mentioned, we we need to understand what things meant at that time, right. But there was a second thing you said, that people make the argument, but it's in the Bible, and therefore it's endorsed. There's a lot of things in the Bible exactly. that are not endorsed. We have men that marry multiple wives. That's not endorsed. But one of the rules of interpretation is when you come to things that are historical narratives, which much of the Old Testament is, yes. historical sure. narratives are not telling us what should happen, but what did happen. Right. So it's 100% accurate that Solomon had many wives, but nowhere does it say he should have had many wives. Exactly. It does say that he should have one wife, but it doesn't say he should have many. You see, but there's times where Scripture doesn't say, it just records what actually happened, and doesn't say whether it's right or wrong. So Scripture can record that slavery occurred, but unless it says it's right or wrong, you don't know. Now, in the case with slavery, there are rules that we see in Leviticus for slavery. And people will say, but look, there's these the, the, the rules tell us what's right and wrong with the slavery. Now, there's concepts we have. You have a case where someone that is a Hebrew, and there were different rules for slavery with the Hebrews versus the non-Hebrews. In other words, when a, the Israelites conquered a country, they would end up killing the men, and they would leave the women and children. So, they had they would take them as slaves. Now, the way many people think of it is to say, well, see, they conquered the land, they forced these people into slavery. Well, the reality is, is that they, were, they would take over the lands and they had a responsibility to take them into slavery. In other words, mm. they now had the responsibility to care for them. Right, right. That's why they're not released in the seven years. Because that's now a responsibility. That's That becomes, yeah, you've conquered this land, but now you have a responsibility to feed more people. Right, exactly. And, and, and you're going to have to provide health care for them and any anything they need. You have that. You could picture many people that say, okay, I'm going to conquer this land. Fine, I'll take the women and children, but after seven years, get out of here. Like, I don't care if you go die somewhere, right? Right, no. right, right. That's what the Bible restricts. The Bible says that they have to take care of them for life. They now have that responsibility. They have to care for them for the rest of their life. You can't just send them away to die. Right, right, Or right. just send them away to do whatever. Now, if you want to release them, they had the right to do that. But they had a responsibility to care for them. So you, you also have cases, though, what, what do you do when you have uh, a Hebrew who would be released in seven years because that's a debt. He goes into slavery as because of a debt. Right. The woman that is captured is, is a responsibility to care for. So here you have a guy, the Hebrew, enslaves himself to a master, 
He falls in love with a woman, marries her during his captivity, has children by, with her during his captivity, and then the Jubilee year, and he's, he's allowed to be released. He's given an option. He can leave, but if he does, he has to leave his wife and children behind. Right, well, I read that passage, yeah. Or he can make himself a permanent slave. Now, many people look at that passage and go, well, see, when you look at this, it's, he, it's, it's promoting divorce, maybe. That's one argument mm. I heard. Is it, you know, but the argument is, no, see, you, you can't let this, the woman go and her children because they're property. No, it's not because they're property. It's because the, the owner, the, the master, I mean, has a responsibility. It's not an ownership issue. It's a responsibility issue. And so the master cannot let her go. Now, why, you say, well, but now she's married. She has a husband. Why won't you release her? Why would God say you can't release her? Well, let's look at that. This is a person who is a, who has gotten himself into such debt at least once that he had to sell himself as a slave. Right. When when people were got into debt, they could choose to sell their children, their wives, or themselves as slaves mm. to pay off the debt. Exactly. So if you think about this, who does this protect? It protects the woman and the children because the guy has already proven that he, he's a, a poor steward of money, right. he may get himself in debt again and now sell off the, the children or the wife that the master had the responsibility for. Right, exactly. So you see what ends up happening is it, it takes the responsibility away from the master, puts it onto the husband, but the husband's already proven once that he's, he's a poor steward. So this is a protection for the woman and her children, because they can stay married. It's just that that guy has to stay under the employment. Right, 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 right. You right. see, and this is this is so backwards to the way people think of slavery. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at it, you can see the, the reasoning and the rationality behind it. That's just like you just if you think about it. If I'm showing the bank that I'm no good with money, I got a 200, 200 credit score. Why should they loan me money? <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... So, yeah, in that situation, you got a guy who already couldn't handle his life or had things all messed up, and so he decides to sell himself into servitude so he can take care of his debt. Correct. Which is already, you know, God showing, he's showing God and everyone else that he's not too good with his finances or his, or his affairs. So when we look at that from that perspective, you know, it makes a lot of sense. But however, somebody might still say... Well, see, the Bible supports slavery. <laughs> so that's like one of those situations you might not be able to win no matter how much evidence you give a person. That's generally the case. Um, generally, most people come to the Bible. Unfortunately, the, those that don't believe the Bible, they come to the Bible with pre-concluded ideas. And exactly. It, it's called proof texting. They want to try to make the Bible say something it doesn't. So what they do is they, they just go, well, this is what the Bible says because it, it mentions slavery, so it supports it. But what does it mention about slavery? Exactly. It, it mentions that you can't own another human being. It mentions that you you know have to pay the person. It mentions you can't kidnap a person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there's a serious passage about not kidnapping people and stuff like that in the Bible. And uh, for some strange reason, nobody ever brings that passage to light and never uses that when well, they make their uh, case against the Bible. Um, I found, well, I've been in quite a few different conversations where people say, you know, you know, Mike, you believe the Bible, but the Bible supports slavery. I said, wait a minute now. Are you are you an Israelite? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 
you know, it's, th- there's a lot of misconceptions with, with slavery as well, even with, you know, in, in the purpose of it, where, you know, it, people make it that in, in, that it was just, you know, whites that were kidnapping blacks and right, right, selling right. them to slaves. And that actually wasn't the case. I mean, actually, the no. first, the first case of, of indentured servitude in America was a black man and a black man. Yep. Yep. I the, read that. The, Fact is, is that slavery was happening in Africa long before it was happening in Europe, and it was there were many Africans that I mean the Europeans when they kidnapped the Africans kidnapped from the coastlines they didn't go inland exactly yeah, yeah. it was yeah. black other blacks that went into the inlands of Africa kidnapping people and then selling yeah. them to the Europeans they they already had a slave market right they just exactly. found that it was easier to sell to the the Europeans. They paid more money. Yeah. And then when the Arabic started the expansion of Islam, they came into Africa, tore mm-hmm. down all the Christian temples and everything related to Christianity, started their slave trade, mm-hmm. and uh, you know took everybody towards the Arabic parts of the world and stuff. And um, that took place because of the expansion of Islam. Yeah. And slavery under Islam was uh, that was kind of out there too as well, but you know nobody ever talks about that though. Yeah, they also they don't talk about the slavery that exists today in Africa and other places. Right, you know? right, and, right. And, 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 never really, I think it was. I read one article, and I think Saudi Arabia actually made slavery against the law around nineteen. It was it, it was it was in nineteen hundred sometimes where they yeah. actually made slavery illegal. I forgot exact the exact year. Yeah, but, and a lot of people are not aware of that. Yeah, it's, I mean it's legal in many places today, and even if it's illegal, like in America. You don't see people crying out against the fact that we have millions of people that are in human trafficking. Yeah, they're being yeah, human trafficked. To me, that's a major, major issue because I've listened to quite a few documentaries and and lectures. Um, I think I listened to a lecture about about I think it was might have been about twenty five years ago, and I was listening to public radio station. And the reason why I listened to the lecture because it was this young woman who was actually kidnapped as a young child, she found Christ and then got enough strength to break away from it and run away and then she told her story and her, her she basically said if it wasn't for the fact of her faith in Christ of her founding, finding the Lord she never would have had the strength to get out of there Well, the stats show that only 1% of the people that are human trafficked ever get out of it Wow So you know, you'd sit there and go, well, that, that's something we should bring more light to. But, you know, unfortunately, as we've seen, I think that for some reason people don't bring light to it, as we saw with, you know, President Clinton. They're, they're part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was involved with, with uh, uh, the guy, uh, uh, what was his name, uh, Jeffrey um, uh, Epstein, right? He yeah, was, he yeah, was, that's been floating around for a long, long time. Yeah. That kind of makes you wonder, like, wow, how far up to the top is this going? Well, I mean, I think it, it went, in that case, it went all the way, but... All the way, yeah, You know, exactly. I think that I think that the, it's at different levels with other politicians, and that's why they're not going to make a big deal of it. But you don't see marching people marching on the streets to, to do something about this. You don't see all the companies getting behind, putting an end to human trafficking. And and yet they they complain about slavery. Well, that's that's the what should happen is that we should be if we're going to be against slavery, which I am, but I'm against the, the slavery that exists today. Yeah, not the slavery yeah. that 
that it was from centuries ago that no one is alive that suffered under it. Right, 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 right. Because when you think about it right now in America, no matter who you are, you have the opportunity to become rich if you want to, to get educated if you want to. If you choose not to, you still have that opportunity. So, and the thing about it is in, in America, if you're discriminated against in this day and age, you just go get you a high power lawyer <laughs> or find somebody to give you some volunteer lawyer, law, uh, law advice and it's time, it's time to roll with it now. So it's not really benefits anybody to practice discrimination in any way, shape or form because we live in a society where much of the world is against it. Much of America is against it. Correct. You got that small percentage of people that, you know, you can't reach them regardless because something's wrong with them upstairs. But the vast majority of the world is against that, is against slavery, is against discrimination, is just against hatred against anybody. That's one thing about the 21st century is people are aware of more things that are going on. They have friends all across the, the boundary lines versus way back then, you know, you stayed in your group. Yeah. Now... What's the group? You can have multiple different people hanging out, hanging, hanging together, and going to live together now. So, well, that's why we're called the mixing that, pot. There's a, there's a big stance against injustice and and you know wicked behavior in this country. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, no, but you know, now the problem is everyone's looking to be offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is the you offended me generation. So. Oh, I know the uh, what was it over in England? I think there the police were had a big sign and it said that uh offending someone is an offense so basically now you you could be you could be charged with a legal offense if you offend someone wow and i'm like going but that offends me like that law offends me like so officer you have to arrest yourself (laughs) if you're going to arrest me for because i offend someone well that law offends me so you as law enforcement have to uh, you know arrest yourself first (laughs) yeah i mean it makes no sense who who that's definitely uh I, just can't, I, I, haven't, I haven't broken down and comprehended that yet. You know, I, I just can't comprehend that. Because I guess because I'm an ex-Marine and I'm used to the drill instructor screaming at my face and calling me everything but a child of God. It's like, you know, so what? I really don't care about words that much, you know. Wait, 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 wait. You, you said something wrong. I, I you, you know, I'm, I understand these things. So you said you were an ex-Marine? Well, uh, yeah, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Yeah, well, see, once a marine, always a marine is. What, always a marine. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, so yeah, you can't true. be an ex-marine. See, I'm gonna get kicked out of the club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm gonna have to call you out on the carpet on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm in trouble now. They're gonna, they're gonna take my card from me now. Because <laughs> I went in 1979, and the world was completely different in '79. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. The, the yeah, world was a different. Bit different, you know. People really didn't get offended that much back then, you know. So, <laughs> but like I said, you got the the new generation, and you know, I guess it's. I still haven't figured that part out yet. I haven't sat down and analyzed it yet. Well, but, um, well, you 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 understand the 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 way the new marine. Corps is going to have to do things with this offended generation. They're going to have to, you know, you get in as into boot camp, and it's like, um, can I please ask you to do two hundred push-ups? Would would that please? Would that much. be okay? Can yeah. you do that for me? <laughs> well, they got a, I think it's called a timeout card now, yeah. where if the re, if the instructor is pushing the recruit too hard, he can give him a timeout card or please, a, a, some please tell me you're joking. Says, uh, please yeah, tell you me you're about joking. that, right? No, but please tell yeah, me you're well, joking. Card, oh, last I heard, 
They told me that the recruits have a card that you can oh. give the instructor to tell them you got to bring it down some. <laughs> you know, you're you know, pushing they, me too hard. So I, I do know that they had that in you know in buds for for Navy SEAL. They have it. It's yeah, not it's yeah. not a card. It's a bell. Yeah, and yeah, you ring yeah. the bell and you just leave. Right. <laughs> right, right. When they're pushing right, you too right, hard, right. you ring the bell and you say goodbye. I'm not a SEAL. <laughs> well, that's different for the Navy SEAL considering the fact they're going to go places nobody really wants to go without the entire army behind them. You know? <laughs> so I, I understand that part, but they got something new for the, the newer recruits that have been coming in the last, I'd say, I think it's the last 10 years they put that in place. I yeah I remember uh, this is this had to have been back in the nineties um, when they changed the you know I used to I used to do training with uh, the Army Rangers and they the policy back then was you got like fifteen minutes sleep unless you had were doing live ammunition when you had live ammunition mm. you you got two hours sleep yeah and uh, yeah, that, I hope so. that yeah. changed uh, I think it was under Clinton that they, they now have to get at least two hours of sleep. And when they have live ammunition, they have to get eight hours of sleep. And it's like, and I, I was always like, yeah, well, when you're, you know, you're behind enemy lines, you don't get like, oh, excuse me, guys, I'm, gonna, I'm dealing with live ammunition. You guys have to stay away from me. I need eight hours sleep. No. I mean, the whole part of that is to train to be able to function when you're sleep deprived and, and function under that pressure. But right, right. But now we're way I off when topic. I was over there. I didn't even want to go to sleep when I was in Desert Storm. I didn't want to go to sleep. Sleep for what? I don't want to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta stay up in case something happens. You know. So, so yeah, it's definitely a different world we live in. And and like I say, a lot of times when people approach slavery, they already have an agenda. Mm-hmm. They've already decided what they're going to do with their agenda, you know, and sometimes they're just intellectually dishonest. Yep. Cause I had a conversation it was a few months back. I was having a conversation with a gentleman. We we're talking about scripture and the word. And I was talking about, you know, the cause and the effect and all this thing, so on and so forth, proving the scripture to be true. And he go, and he, he didn't want to hear the evidence. He didn't want the evidence cause he already had agenda and his agenda was to make war on Christianity. So, that's just like with slavery. People who want to say play the play the slave card, you know, well we weren't slave, blah 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 blah. Well, yeah, but it wasn't under the Israelites didn't do it. And the system that was used wasn't even supported by the Bible. So when we look at that from that perspective and we are are being intellectually honest and spiritually honest, we can say these two systems are as different as night and day. But unfortunately, you have a lot of people that speak on this topic who are intellectually dishonest, spiritually dishonest, and probably morally dishonest as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's true. I mean, they, you're 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 going to see. Look, no one wakes up one and says, "Yeah, I, I think I want to steal from my company." Right. You know, embezzle. It it starts with little dishonesty first, small exactly. things, and when you get away with the small things, you justify bigger things and bigger things. So. Yeah, it always escalates. Yeah. First you still pack a gun, next thing you know you're still in cars. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with packing a gun if it's legal. I mean, first you still pack a gun. Oh, oh, you steal? I thought you said first Not I thought you said a pack a gun. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm definitely definitely for a right to bear arms. That's one of my things. <laughs> 
I had pastor on my show uh, uh, a while back ago, and he was telling me that when he goes to church and have his sermons, he always has his weapon with him. And his case was that in case somebody comes in and tries to shoot the church up, he'll be able to defend his congregation, which um, I guess that makes sense. But the fact of the matter is that, yes, Christians have been uh, targeted for attacks. They just don't put it on the news. Yeah, well, I when I go to church, I you know I have uh, I, my regular carry is is a smaller compact, you know, uh, so I, I have the Glock uh, forty three. That's my my general carry. But when I go to church, I carry the bigger one. I carry my Glock nineteen and an extra magazine. So and and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know at, at the pulpit, I have the best view if someone was to come in. Now in our, in our case, we lock right. the doors after service once the service starts, and we have someone that is at the door so that no one can just sneak in. But if there was someone that came in, a visitor, and something was to happen, I have, I'm the one with the best view to see it. Right, you know? right, and also, right, I'm, being right. blocked, I'm being blocked by a, a pulpit so no one can see me draw. <laughs> right, right, right. So, right. so yeah. I have that advantage. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, you know you're going to get in trouble for all the Christians to say that we got to look the other way and look the other cheek and turn the other cheek. And, uh, you know, those folks are going to really be upset with that statement. They, they might be, but I'll be protecting them when, as they're saying it. <laughs> when, the, when the gunman comes in, and they, could, they, they could sit there and say that because they know that they'll be protected. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, ta- you know. I take yeah, shepherding seriously, the, my friend. The, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that, that's because it's day and age. We live in a day and age. It's just it's Crazy out da- there and, um, da- listen, David mm-hmm. carried David carried you know a, a staff and a yeah. sling, and I carry a Glock. I want to protect my sheep too. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's one of my favorite arguments I use, and I said, um, consider David. He not only killed Goliath with a rock, he also chopped his head off. I want to be like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this uh, um, there's a lot of going on right now facing the church and facing the Christian community. And, you know, slavery just happens to be one of the topics that, for some strange reason, just doesn't go away. It, you know, just when you think we're at a time where we, we rationalize as Christians and we look at scriptures, you know, and look at what the word says, there's always that element of people that are just they get thrown off by um, the secular attack of the Bible, and and I tell people right now, where are you getting your from for, from a non-Christian? That's one of the arguments I always make. Say that again, or you're breaking up. I said uh, one of the one of the arguments I always make when, when we look at stuff related to the Bible, such as slavery and 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 the Bible. You people i'm sorry you, you like you completely cut out i didn't hear the question okay can you hear me now i hear you now okay well one of the arguments that i make is whenever we look at topics facing the christian community we have to ask where are we getting our information from a christian scholar who loves the lord and loves the word or a non-christian scholar who's just you know disrupting scriptures and and has an agenda that they're pushing and when we look at slavery in the Bible, there's a whole lot of people that say they're representing Christ, but when we listen to their message, it's not really a Christian message, and it's not really lining up with what Scripture actually says. 
Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is that we got to get our as Christians, we're going to be informed by the Scripture. That's that's what informs us. Yeah, that's what we have for the only exactly. source of of truth for faith and practice. Exactly, exactly. So whenever I listen to anybody speak, I can tell if I'm hearing Bible. Yeah. If I'm not hearing Bible, I'm about to turn the channel in a couple seconds because I'm not hearing Bible, you know. And that's what's so important that I'll tell anybody, if if you go to a church, you have to hear Bible, you know. And you can tell somebody who's read the Bible because they talk, when they talk, it sounds like they've read the Bible versus somebody who hasn't read the Bible. When they talk, it sounds like they've never read the Bible. So, yeah. Agreed. And that's one of the key factors I always look for, you know, with any topic that I'm taking a look at or any topic that, you know, I'm trying to do research on. I always ask, what does the Bible say about it? And then when you just step back for a while and look at argue, all the arguments that are made against the scripture, you already know that the person who's making that argument against scripture, they got a problem with the Bible. And that's the reason why they're making that argument against the scriptures. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So anything else you want to add on this topic, slavery in the Bible? No, I think we covered a lot. We sure did. And of course, what advice would you like to give my listeners before we close this episode? Well, I mean, I, I welcome them to join us. Where You're always watching on Apologetics Live Thursday nights, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. You just go to ApologeticsLive.com. They could listen to my other my other. Uh, podcast, Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report. Uh, everything we have, you can go to strivingforeternity.org. Uh, there you can find articles, you can find everything that we do as a ministry. You can even find our Christian podcast community uh, there. All great. Of the 40 podcasts that are on there, you could just go to christianpodcastcommunity.org. All right, great, great job. Well, thank you once again, Andrew, for coming on Clergy Talk Podcast. Thanks for having as me. As usual, you made a great comp- contra- contribution to my community. And shed light on a topic that people just, for some strange reason, do not want to research or read or see what the Bible actually says. And with that being said, I hope we have opened up the eyes on this episode. And I'm going to continue to pray for you and your ministry. And I hope you you have a great, blessed, glorful day today. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Are you tired of pillows that go flat or every couple of years you, they smell bad and what are you going to do with them? You can't wash them because that ruins the pillow. They don't stay in that same shape. Well, my pillow is the answer. Get a my pillow. These are premium pillows that never go flat. You can wash them as many times as you want. And best of all, they're made right here in the USA. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listeners, and use promo code SFE. That stands for Striving for Eternity. Or you can call 1 800 873 0176. That's 800 873 0176. And use promo code SFE. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.